on CityCast Madison. Have you heard any more of this lately? Makes sense. It's that time of year when our feather friends start returning home. It also means local bird watchers are readying their gear. Dexter Patterson, AKA the Wisco Birder and self-identified bird nerd heard the call. He co-founded the group BIPOC Birding Club of Wisconsin and they've got big plans for the spring. It's Tuesday, April 11th. I'm Bianca Martin and here's what Madison's talking about. Hi, Dexter. Hello, how are you? I'm doing very well. Excited to chat with you today because I've seen you online. You make videos for folks so we can tag along on your birding adventures. Let's go. Let's go. So (laughs) right right out the gate, what's the rarest bird you've ever spotted in or near Madison? I would say it it was outside of Madison, but it was a brown booby. And it was the first recorded brown booby ever in the state of Wisconsin. The brown booby is actually a pan-tropical seabird. So to find it on the Mississippi Flyway in La Crosse, Wisconsin, was absolutely incredible. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm assuming it's brown. What else does it look like? Oh, they're the coolest looking birds. So, like, they have these big feet and this super long bill. They look really goofy. Fun fact is like the sailors in the in the tropics actually named it the booby because they thought it was dumb because they would just land on the ships and like get all close to everybody and just kind of go about their business. <laughs> so they named it the brown booby because they thought the bird was dumb. Kind of a dumb dummy. That's <laughs> hilarious. That's hilarious. Well, do you, is there anything in Madison that you found that's kind of unique? You know, the thing with birds is I always tell people you never know what you might see. So there are always going to be rarities that pop up. There are always going to be these random birds. Like, you're just like, why is this bird here? Um, So there are definitely, definitely every season, there's always going to be some type of rare bird that pops up in Wisconsin. And a bunch of bird nerds like myself are probably going to go try to find it. Sure. Is there anything special about our region in particular when it comes to birding? Yeah, I would say, and and this that's a great question, actually, Bianca, because before I started birding, I had no clue how many protected areas we had in this area, how many parks and conservancies and all these wetlands and all these protected wildlife areas in Dane County specifically. I had no clue they existed. So when I started exploring as a birder, I started exploring these natural areas that had been around me this whole time and I had no clue about it. So I think that's one of the benefits of birding is it does get you outside. And I always tell people, get outside, get outside. But (laughs) this this forces you to explore different areas when you hear about maybe like the rare birds that I just popped, you know, just talked about. One might pop up at a park or a place that you've never been. And next thing you know, you're there and you're exploring this new, that's the wonder. I think that's one of the biggest things I love about birding is this exploring the new, right? Never knowing what's going to happen. It, it, it's, it's pretty remarkable because you're always going to see something different and you're always going to be learning. I, I caught the wonder bug. I, I birded last year for the first time and I'm, I'm in love. When we talked to Mayor Satya Rhodes-Conway the other day, she said she likes to bird at Cherokee Marsh. Have you ever seen her there? <laughs> 
I haven't seen her there, but I was literally there like three, four days ago. My last video I did is who wants to help me find the American woodcock. And I did it at Cherokee Marsh North. And I got to see the American woodcock painting and doing its amazing sky dance. One of the coolest birds that you can see. So what is, is that one of your favorite spots, like a really good, successful place to go birding in Madison? It is. I mean, and, and the cool thing about Cherokee Marsh is all the different habitats that you can see. I mean, you have the wooded areas, you have the prairies, you have the marsh areas, you have the water. Like, you can go and get a little bit of everything there. Like, there's just so many different things. Yeah, that's one of my favorite spots. I live in Madison, far east side of Madison, so it's not too far away from me either. Um, so definitely one of my favorite spots. Check out Cherokee Marsh for sure. Uh, what are the other ones? There are tons. I love Lake Farm Park. I love Nine Springs. I love Turvo, the uh, Turvo Bay Conservancy, just over there by uh, the Coliseum area. And I love Patrick Marsh in Sun Prairie. I love, man, there's so many of them. That's a good list to start. I think we have to get to a question that uh, that's, seems really obvious, but why bird? Yeah, birds. You know, it, it's funny because people are always like, Dexter, birds? Birds? And I'm like, <laughs> birds, yes. <laughs> no, honestly, it was what got me. And, and I tell this people, I tell people this, my spark bird. So they're, what a spark bird is, is this is the bird that you see that really sparks you, that lights this fire into you, that makes you curious, that makes you want to learn more. And my spark bird was the osprey. So this was a little over 10 years ago. And so I come across this video. And at the time, I was a newbie birder. I was a baby birder, as I would like to say. And I had no clue what I was looking at. So let me, let me just level set there. Like, I didn't know what I was watching. All I saw was this bird. And so I see this bird, Bianca, and it's like just flying towards the water like, like a jet. Like, I was like, what is happening here? It's big. It's, like, fierce. It's flying super fast towards the water. And and here I am in my head, and I'm like, why is this bird flying toward the water so fast? Like, I had no clue what I was seeing. And then all of a sudden, this osprey, like I said, I didn't know it was an osprey at the time, but it locks its talons. And I was like, okay, something is about to happen. And I was just glued to the screen because I'm like, something magical is about to happen. I don't know what it is, but I'm about to watch this. So I was stuck just staring at the screen. And I was literally, you know that emoji where your head's blowing up? Yes, yes. That was yes, me. Like I was blown. sitting there and my head's just blowing up, blowing up, blowing up. And it's still just flying to the water, flying towards the water. It's these big old talons. I mean, the osprey, if you've ever seen one, they have these long talons. It hits the water. And I was like, oh, my God. I start freaking out because I'm like, this bird is going to drown. This bird is going to drown. Like, what is happening here? Because it was completely submerged. This bird's going to die. And I'm freaking out. All of a sudden, you see his head start coming out the water. And I'm like, oh, it's not dead. So I was like so relieved. Yeah. But then it starts flapping its wings, flapping its wings, flapping its wings, flapping its wings. And it comes out of the water, Bianca, with a big old fish. I'm talking about a huge fish. And I'm like, oh, I was done. Like, after that, <laughs> I was like, I need to know everything about every bird. 
I'm going to be paying attention to every bird that I see, and I definitely need to find this one. And it was so cool because I found out it was an osprey, and then I found out that they actually come here, that they actually are here in the spring and the summer, and very common. Actually seeing them, the first one that I saw was at Cherokee Marsh, um, which is pretty crazy. So they come to Cherokee Marsh. You can see ospreys at Cherokee Marsh. So I started exploring and I was like, I can't believe that these birds are in my backyard and I didn't know. And at the time, I was a student at Madison College uh, and my academic advisor at the time, Dr. Jeff Galligan, he is a birder and he was the only black man I knew that was a birder. I trust him. Like he, you know, he's, he's my advisor. He was really there for me. So I remember sending him that video of the osprey because I was like, dude, you got to see this. Because <laughs> yes. he was my bird guy. Anything bird related, I'm sending it to Jeff. So I send this video to Jeff and he's like, oh yeah, that's really cool. Check this out. So he sends me an email, Bianca, with all these photos of osprey that he took. And once again, I was that emoji with my head blowing up. And I'm like, wait a minute. So you've actually seen this and you took these dang pictures? <laughs> like I was done again. Like I was like, that was it. Like for me, like the osprey, seeing Jeff's images and, and, and just how beautiful this bird was. And to this day, the osprey, I tell people it's our spirit animal. It's our club spirit animal. It's our, it's our logo, right? Oh, I love that. I've seen some like super intense standoffs between some birds of prey and it, it it's truly a sight to see but that that sounds incredible. You know, you're talking about the group. You co-founded the group BIPOC Birding Club of Wisconsin in 2021 and it's dedicated to being an inclusive birding club for people of color. Why make that kind of club? The one thing what I would say is being a black man, being a birder of color, being part of the BIPOC community, when you start birding and you get out there, you do not see, at least in this region, you do not see people that look like you often at birding events, at these traditional birding events. And that was a little discouraging. And, and Jeff and I, as I started really kind of really nerding out over birds. I always tell, I always liked them. So we would talk about birds when I was a student and he was kind of nurturing this bird nerd in me. I, I started going out to events. I started going out to some of these areas and I never saw anybody that looked like me. And that was, that was the spark. I remember Jeff and I just kind of going back and forth and, and it was kind of random because in June of 21, we decided to go birding together and happened to be Juneteenth. And we didn't plan it to be Juneteenth. Oh, wow. It was just Juneteenth. And we went burning together at Nine Springs Eway, right over across the, the belt line there by Southtown Mall. It's an awesome place to go burning. So Jeff and I were out there. Uh, it's Juneteenth. We're, I mean, we're having a blast. We're having so much fun. We're smiling. We're laughing. We're seeing a ton of birds. And I remember we just started talking. And I looked at Jeff and I was like, bro, we need to share this with more people. Like, we were having so much fun, and I was like, we need to share this with more people. And Jeff was like, Dex, I've wanted to start a birding club for over 20 years. And I remember I was like, well, what, what's the holdup? And he was like, I just don't get the support, right, from, from these traditional spaces. I haven't had anybody that I feel like would back me up on this thing. I said, well, now you do. 
Now you do. I said, we need to share this. And I remember that day, we burned it for almost three hours that day. And I remember after that event, we, we made a choice that we were going to start a club. And Jeff said, Dexter, if we don't set something up within the next 24 hours, it's never going to happen. He really challenged us to, to not only create a club, but to actually schedule an event within 24 hours. That day, we're going back and forth for hours and hours and hours. I mean, late into the early morning hours, and, and we finally settle on a name. We set up a Facebook group. We set up Instagram and Twitter, and we start marketing our first event a month later at Nine Springs Eway. And it happened. Like, it literally happened, and, and we scheduled that first event. And I remember laughing. At, I remember this like it was yesterday. I was like, Jeff, it's going to be me, you, and my kids. <laughs> Oh, look, nobody's going to show up. I said, but I don't care. I said, if it's just me and you doing what we did today, I'm going to be happy. So we went into it with no expectations. And it's changed now, right? Oh, it's changed. That first event, we had 16 birders show up. And I remember just being just blown away. Like, whoa. Okay. That's pretty good. Out of nowhere, just like started it one month, little to hardly any marketing I remember I did the Black Oxygen podcast with Angela Russell, so that was that was clutch. But we had 16 people at that first event, and a really cool story about that. So I'm at we're at the event, we're introducing ourselves to everybody, and I told my Osprey story. You know, I wanted people to kind of get to know who we are. We start our walk, and I kid you not, it, it almost sounds like it's a fairy tale, but. The first bird we saw that day at our first event, what do you think it was? An osprey. <laughs> it was an osprey. And what do you think that osprey did? It caught a big old fish. Yeah, it snatched a huge carp out of the water in front of all of our group. Not only did I see it, you have like all these witnesses that got to see this. And everybody's looking at me like I'm some bird whisperer after that because I tell this story. And then all of a sudden, the Osprey comes and does exactly what I explained to them. And they're all freaking out. Uh, needless to say, we looked at each other. I was like, Jeff, this is meant to be. That's amazing. And, and what, you know, can you talk a little bit about how it's evolved since? Yeah, it's, it's crazy how fast it took off. During the spring and summer, you know, sometimes and also in the in the fall, we have some more specialty events where we, we can do some other cool things. So there are months where we have more than two events, but it's grown to every single month, at least two events. And we have anywhere from 30 to 100 people, depending on where we are. We had 100 people, read, almost 100 people register for our Milwaukee Zoo event. It is legit a movement and like the community of, we call it the BIPOC flock. It's BIPOC birders. <laughs> it's our allies. Like everybody is welcome. You know, I get a lot of people asking me, I'm white. Can I come to your event? I said, well, you can come if you believe in a more inclusive and diverse birding community. If you want to make the outdoor experience in Wisconsin welcoming to everyone, you are welcome at our events. Uh, so it's for everybody. We created this community for people of color who love the outdoors and love birds, love the beauty of natural Wisconsin. And we want to just do our best to try to connect them with other people who share that same passion. So our field trips and events are open to all BIPOC birders and allies of all skill levels and interests. I always tell people birding is for everyone, even you. Not everyone might 
recognize this, but, you know, there aren't a bunch of folks who look like us birding, like you said. And a bird, you have to often go out early alone or with a crew, but you have to be furtive and kind of sneaking around, basically. Have you ever had to deal with any uncomfortable situations as a black man birding here? All the time. And and a lot of it, I, I mean, I remember even just trying to fight through fear of like going to rural areas because a lot of these rural areas are like the best spots to go birding. So I, I did fight through a lot of that. I have had encounters where where I just didn't feel safe. And I think that's what we provide to our members, too, is the safety in numbers. When you're out in the woods with 30 people, you're not going to be feeling afraid, right? You're not going to be feeling like you're alone. You're not going to be wondering, like, am I safe out here? Am I not safe out here? That was definitely part of it, you know, building up a community. Yeah, safety in numbers and actually showing people that they are safe. Um, when they're out there and they feel safer because they're with us and they have leaders. I think that's a big part of it, too, is seeing people of color lead these groups, lead these walks, teach these people about habitats, teaching them about the birds. I, I think that is a big, big difference because you don't see a lot of people of color in any of these traditional birding communities leading. And I think that's a big reason why we started our club, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm someone who just absolutely loves the outdoors and got lucky to live, you know, by a forest, but I felt the exact same way going out in, in certain spaces and grew up in a small rural town. But I just had this one trip that I went, I was in West Virginia on a river for three days um, with a big group who was 18 people and they, they were all white except for two folks, but I was the only black person. For three days, I didn't see any people of color and I, I did see Confederate flag. <laughs> like it was... Yeah. It's just not something that everyone thinks about, but it's something that's real. It's really heartening to hear that this group has come together so we can have this space. I'm going to change the subject slightly. I saw you on a music studio, uh, and I know that you're musical. Do you do any bird calls? Yeah, I'm not good at the at the bird call thing. <laughs> I, my, my love and passion for music, I think you see that in my content, right? Whether it's me singing, dancing in the woods, using music and and those type of things. So I try to use those skills, my skills as a social media marketer, a digital marketer. That's what I do as a professor. You know, I teach multimedia at the University of Wisconsin. I teach documentary photography for the sciences. I teach intro to digital video production. I teach information radio and podcasting. So I might need to talk you to you about yes, some of the my students. <laughs> I try to infuse that stuff into my work um, to help teach and, and really spread this. I call it Operation Bird Joy. You know, I'm just trying to spread as much bird joy as possible all over the world. Um, and I'm pretty excited uh, about what is coming. There's some cool things coming up. So I love it. And, you know, you all do citizen science efforts, right? Like it's um, it's spring. So birds are going to be coming back. And I hear there's a big event happening, the great Wisconsin Birdathon that you'll all be a part of. Can you talk about that and what that looks like? So the Wisconsin Birdathon is something that we started last year. Um, and it's ran by the Natural Resources Foundation of Wisconsin. And basically what they do is they create all these teams all over the state. And for two months from April 15th to June 15th, 
all these teams are scheduling events, and in 24 hours, you try to see as many birds as you can as possible, and it's a fundraiser. So you try to go out, you try to fundraise, you try to see as many birds as possible, and ultimately, what they do is they take all these funds, and they have what they call the Bird Protection Fund, and all the money raised during the Wisconsin Birdathon goes to that bird protection fund. But the cool thing is, is only half of the money that you raise as a group goes to them and the other half goes directly to your club, to who you are. Um, so we have benefited as the BIPOC Learning Club of Wisconsin from the from that bird fund. We've gotten uh, multiple grants from the Natural Resources Foundation to build and, and really grow our club. And, and just for reference, can, can anyone participate in this birdathon? Heck yes. Yep. Anybody is welcome. Birding is for everyone, even you. So if you're hearing my voice, this is for you. We're actually going to be in Milwaukee this year for for the the Birdathon. So if you go to the BIPOC Birding Club, to our website, BIPOCBirdingClub.org, you can go to our events tab and you can see um, on May 13th, we'll be in Milwaukee at Warnemart Park. Super, super awesome place. And we're actually going to do two birding events that day. So that first one will be at Warnermont Park in the Milwaukee area there. We'll be there in the morning and then we'll be part two will be at Lake Park in Milwaukee. So we'll be up in Milwaukee all day from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. trying to see as many of these amazing birds as possible on the lakefront. I love it. Well, Dexter, Dex, uh, the Wisco Birder, you go by many names, um, and well-earned. Thank you so much for giving us a, a picture into what what you're up to. It's It's fantastic. Thanks for having me, Bianca. It's been fun chatting with you. That's Dexter Patterson, the Wisco Birder. He's co-founder of the BIPOC Birding Club of Wisconsin and teaches photography at UW-Madison. You can follow along with his birding adventures on Instagram at Wisco Birder. Huge recommendation there if you like what you heard today. And here's what else Madison's talking about. Wolves. You already know. You all feel very strongly about the wolf population in Wisconsin. The Wisconsin DNR just released 3,500 public comments they got in on their latest wolf management plan. 3,500. If you are a newcomer to the state, how the wolf populations are handled here is hotly contested. We're home to around 1,000 wolves, according to the latest estimates. They're currently considered an endangered species and so can't be hunted. But some farmers and hunters want to bring that population number down to a few hundred. The DNR says the comments are under review. You can read them yourself on the DNR website if you want to. Uh, just a note, it's around 1,500 pages. And this Friday, there's a virtual badger talk on one of our most popular birds in the area, the Sandhill Crane. It's titled, What Have We Done to Deserve All These Cranes? That'll be given by Stanley Temple, professor in the Department of Forest and Wildlife Ecology at UW-Madison. For 32 years, he taught in the academic position formerly held by local conservation champion Aldo Leopold. We'll throw a link in our show note. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Bianca Martin. If you enjoyed the show, why not tweet about us? We're on Twitter at CityCast Madison. Tweet us your bird pictures if you got them. Come on, spread the bird joy. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more stories from around the city. Until then.
start asking me about birds, man, I, I get kind of excited. 